So my next guest is a tech guy who uh, now lives in Israel and is a huge Israeli advocate. In fact, he makes me laugh because I go to his website, uh, his social media, I should say, often because he's a real big influence in Israel. And all he does is fight. He fights with everybody. It's hilarious. And his name, he's been on the show before, Hillel Fold. Hello, good morning, buddy. How are you? Great to meet you in person. So, yeah, you, you know, too. Big, big opportunity for me to be here. I love it. Uh, thank you. Just move a little closer to that mic. There you go. So you're a big-time tech guy, uh, or at least. I'm not sure what you do these days. When you hear some of these politicians in New York, and I agree. I'm on social media. I use it, Nita, for my business. My kids are on it. They're on TikTok. And, and uh, they, uh, whether the, the, the quick thing they take, one of the snapshot, all this nonsense. But I hate it. Even the mayor in New York, Eric Adams, came out last week and said, at this point, you can really call it a public health issue. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, it's a nice segue. We just listened to Zuckerberg on that topic. You know, I think, I think that, uh, like anything in life, it could be used for good, it could be used for bad, right? I mean, generally speaking, we have this tendency as, as human beings to be kind of scared of new things, right? We were every, you know, from, I always say that the tractor, when the tractor was invented, farmers freaked out, right? So we're scared of new things. And the truth is, you know, social media does bring a lot of damage to society, whether it's bullying and other things. But to kind of throw the bathwater, you know, the baby with the bathwater is silly, right? Because I think that, you know, social media has also brought unbelievable revolutions in the world. And really, I think, this is my opinion, that it's net positive for humanity. You do, because as a guy that, again, lives here in Israel, a huge Israeli advocate, that's how I got to know you. And you've been very nice to me, your family, just so you know that. And your brother, of course, an all-time great Israeli hero who died so tragically. A lot of the nasty stuff we see from your enemies, Hamas, for example, all ends up on social media. All these tapes of hostages begging to come home. They use social media better than most folks in America, and it's all for bad, for terror. You know that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they're yeah, they're 100% abusing it. Um, but, you know, again, the flip side... Listen, my, my posts since the beginning of the war uh, are, are uh, surpassing, at this point, half a billion impressions. Is that right? Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. And, um, you know, not only, uh, you know, impressions are, are nice, but the question is the impact, right? Are these tweets and these posts really having an impact? And the answer is yes. The answer is I'm getting thousands of messages from people around the world saying to me, you know, I didn't know what Zionism was until I read your tweets, right? And, you know, these are people that have integrity and are willing to listen and willing to discuss. They might not be pro-Israel, but they're at least, you know, people of honesty and integrity, whereas we know the other side is the, you know, the yeah. people that are yelling at me, Heil Hitler, all day long. Those right. guys, like, I can't, I can't, you know, engage with that at all. Right. But the vast majority, at least, you know, based on my anecdotal evidence, uh, the vast majority of the middle group where, you know, just people who are willing to hear and listen. And I think that, you know, many, many people are understanding that what they've been told by CNN and BBC and Sky News is just absolute propaganda. And MSNBC, too, had them. So uh, we'll wrap up this conversation about social media, take a quick break, and bring you back to talk about the war. So in the end, even though you admit that Hamas abuses it and others do as well, that uh, for the most part, you would say, in general, social media is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's net, net positive, 100%. But we have to deal with the, the issues, you know, the bullying and all that other stuff, the propaganda. It's definitely an issue. And, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the most powerful megaphone the world has ever known, right? I mean, these guys, you said Hamas, but it's not just Hamas. People use this stuff to really, you know, bring bad things to humanity. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's net. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think that's a So did thing. you feel badly for Zuckerberg yesterday when he was getting grilled by all these senators in, uh, in America? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it, the, the issue that, that drives me crazy is just the, the, the stupidity and the ignorance, you know, of these public, you know, representatives yeah. just don't know anything, you know, and oh, he's trafficking. Would, would, would you feel as badly if you knew that he took a chunk of money 
and uh, was a donor for Joe Biden, who was helping destroy Israel. Would you feel as badly if I told you that? I mean, it's not even a question of him personally. It's just a question of, like, you know, presenting it as if he's, like, you know, sex trafficking on Facebook. Come on. The yeah. guy's the CEO of a multi-trillion dollar, multi- hundreds of billions of dollars. Right. He's not, like, looking at every single post. And it's just, right. it shows their ignorance. It's just lack of understanding, you know? All right, fair enough. That's Hillel Fold. We're going to take a short break. Lewis, come back, continue our conversation with Hillel Fold, with Alex Trayman, Yehuda Honigman, and the great Bill O'Reilly still to come. More with Hillel Fold, Thursday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, live from Israel, right after this. Keep it here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Back here with one of the uh, the, really the great voices and faces, tech guy turned Israeli advocate since the war started, a guy that I've been following religiously. That's how much I like him and respect him. I love him. Hello, Paul. So one of the things that has really bothered me about this war is I can go to a pro-Palestinian rally, these assholes, these low lives, okay? You like that, don't you? I know you do. And I can show them a video of one of our girls getting raped in a tunnel in Gaza. And they'll say to me, like you just said, well, what's your proof? What do you mean? What? It's not even real. Why is it that, that otherwise smart people, I've got some I even know, are so, so afraid or not ready to defend us and instead would rather hate us? How do they hate us that much? You know, this isn't a new problem, right? We know this throughout history. Anti-Semitism is the oldest hatred in the world, right? And so the big question is why, right? And you see, the Jewish people have done nothing but good for this world. You look at the Nobel Prizes, you know, that, that, that Jewish people won. I mean, it's it's completely disproportionate to the tiny, microscopic size of this nation. So so why do people hate us, right? And, you know, I don't like, I don't like pulling the anti-Semitism card, but there's no other way to explain it. You know, when you see these atrocities and the world says, where's the proof? Are you freaking? They, they live streamed it. By the way, not, not, not just where, where's the proof, but you're the bad guy. Yeah. We're the ones yeah. committing genocide. Right. It's, it's, it's beyond, right? It's hard. To, so first of all, I'll say that, like, for me, and I, you know, I struggle with this every day. I'm in the forefront of all the garbage, you know, on the Internet. And so I struggle with it every day. And, I, you know, I tell myself every day, if I look at this war through a, a rational lens, through a human, I'll lose my mind. So for me, as an observant Jew, I'm like, listen, I don't know why God does what he does, but clearly this is something beyond, you know, logic and reason. That's, that's first of all. Second of all, you know, I think anti-Semitism, again, it's not new. But the, the real question, I've struggled with this my whole life. Why? Why do they hate us, right? So, you know, in Jewish scripture, it's kind of like a, we know that they hate us. But that, that doesn't satisfy me. I need me an answer. Right. And so, you know, at the risk of saying something a little controversial that you're listening Please, to. Please, I'm like, begging you. You know, by the way, when you do public speaking, that's the way to get the audience's attention. Say, I got something. I shouldn't tell you this. But, right. <laughs> but I shouldn't say this, but I'll right. say it anyway. I think that, you know, you just open a history book. When did anti-Semitism spike in every single empire throughout history? It's the same thing. It's the same script. What happens is there's an empire, and it grows and grows and grows. And as it reaches peak influence, top, top, then it, morality goes out the window, right? You got, you know, the emperor putting people to fight to their death. You got no gender. Like, it's, we've lost our minds, right? And when morality goes out the window, that empire, that society, they don't want 
our morality. They don't want old school morality. They don't want us shoving the Torah down their throat. Now, you know, let's be honest. How does the world know that it's, you know, immoral to murder or to rape? It's from the Torah, right? This is the, you know, the, the, the original morality. And so when they don't want that Torah, that morality shoved down their throat, what are they going to do? Well, they can't go after the creator of the Torah. So what do they do? They go after the messenger, right? You kill FedEx, you don't get your package. So they come after us. And that's what happens every single time. And what happens next is even sadder. What happens next is the Jews come to them and say, hey, don't hate us. We're just like you Germans. We're just like you Romans. We're just like you Greeks. We're just like... Then they say, no, no, no. You're not just like yeah, us. Yeah. Let me show you using a tool that we have that you're not just like us. It's called anti-Semitism. And then it goes through the roof. And then we, we know what happens next. So that's what's happening now. And almost all of those countries you just mentioned have had a place of history here in this country. I've been to... All these cities and all these places, I see some old Roman architecture that was that was here. I see all these countries you just mentioned, and yet we're still here. You know, uh, the thing, though, that I've really come to notice, because I've never been here before, okay, and it's one thing in New York, I'm there, I wear a T-shirt, I stand with Israel, I'm there for Israel, but you really don't feel it until you come here. Uh, and I admit that now. I thought I felt it the four months before, not even close. But these people... Young guys and girls walking around with guns, by the way, every day. The amount of patriotism they've got for this country, the love they've got for this country, is unmatched anywhere else in the world. I mean, you know that. 100%. I, you know, I think... Listen, there is a you know Zionist aspect to it, and you know the, the return of the people to our land—that's for sure the case. But let's not forget that the only reason—and let's just be very clear about this—you know, when I was growing up, and when you were growing up, we said never again. And we—and I believed that. I'm sure you believed it too. But that clearly is not the case. Clearly, it could happen again, except for one difference. Well, it just that did, is, didn't it? October seventh. Right, exactly. But the, the difference is that the world cannot do what they did in every other empire because of the IDF, because of the state of Israel. We, you know, we, of course, October 7th was you know, a horrible tragedy. But at the end of the day, how we retaliate, how we respond is up to us. We're not at the, the mercy of any government. And if we were at the mercy of other governments, well, we know how that ends. Well, end I well. mean, you kind of are, though, because even Bibi, who was going to lose his job over this, and that saddens me because I like him. But the truth is, something went wrong. Uh, for, for them to pull off what they did yeah. and really operating in, in right in daylight for months, practicing all these maneuvers and, and rapes, yeah. uh, somebody's going to have to pay the price. For sure. But but he has been receiving a ton of pressure from this country included. I can't stand Jewish people who are there for Joe Biden and Democrats. We have put an undue and unfair amount of pressure on Bibi and the Israelis during this war. On one hand, we go, do what you got to do, but don't kill anybody. People die during war. So not really true. You are receiving a ton of pressure from other governments. Right, 100%. I mean, there's no question that diplomatically, politically, we're under a lot of pressure. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's our decision. When I say our, I mean our leaders. You know, BB or someone else, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is how we defend ourselves, or the fact that we can defend ourselves, is the first time in history. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, people realize this is the only country we have. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's comical. When you look at the map of the Middle East and the, the tens of Muslim countries and this tiny little thing that's smaller than New Jersey and that's the center of all the news. Like, leave us the hell. Why are you so obsessed with us? Like, yeah. why, why is the world even talking about this war? Yeah. I mean, there are conflicts everywhere in the world that have, you know, infinitely more casualties. Like, there is nothing about this war that makes it so unique except for one thing. Jews. Jews. That's it. That's it. Why, why are they obsessed? Move on, people. Go on with your lives. Do your thing. No, they won't. I mean, and believe me, even in New York, I mean, rallies every day, Hillel, every day, blocking bridges, blocking tunnels, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. So you want an idea for a show of yours? 
Here's sure. an idea for a show. Let's do it. Go to these rallies with $100 bills, let's say $30, $100 bills. Yeah. Walk over to protesters and say, what river and what sea? If you could tell me what <laughs> yeah, river yeah. and what sea, here's $100 well, for you. You know what's funny about that? Uh, Noah Tishby, you know who she is. Adorable girl, yeah, by the way. Great. She did that. Yeah. She went out uh, to one of these rallies, interviewed these people. They had no idea. No, no idea. And no you, you idea. Know, and, and if you want to go a little deeper, you know, say to them, you know, why, why is there Palestinian terror? They'll say, oh, occupation. So you say, wait a second. So you're saying the occupation caused the terror? They'll say, yeah. See, so before the occupation, there was no terror? Well, that's not the case. Right. Before there was the state of Israel, there was Arab terror against Jews. So, like, the uh, whole thing uh, is one big historical fabrication, and it's our job to have moral clarity and to call it out because the rest of the world won't. Well, for you, it's even more personal because for folks who don't know you, your personal story, you had a brother, uh, God rest his soul, a hero who died a horrible, tragic death at the hand of the enemy, which has kind of made you into this great advocate and a huge voice, which I appreciate for Israel. For folks who don't know this story, you've got about three minutes to go. Tell the story about your late great brother. Okay, I will. But first, let me, let me correct something here because I don't want to call him the enemy. I want to call him what he was. He was a 16-year-old Palestinian kid who was indoctrinated from birth and who lacked nothing in life. He was not oppressed. He was not. He was a 16-year-old kid. So you have to understand what you're dealing with here. So Ari, my elder brother Ari Fold, uh, was basically shopping for his family a couple of days before Yom Kippur, and a 16-year-old kid came from behind like a coward, which is what they are, uh, and stabbed him in the main artery in his neck. Ari then uh, chased down the terrorist. Were there any words? Was there any, just nothing? He just ran up and stabbed him yeah, with nothing. Me. He didn't I mean, know who your brother was. He knew he was so Jewish, obviously. So, yeah, he knew he was Jewish. And there, there, are, there are some conspiracies that he was targeted, but I don't think that's not the case. The reality is Ari then ran after the terrorist, jumped over a wall, shot the terrorist as he was about inches, literally inches away from his next victim, by the way, a woman named Hila, who had just given the terrorist a falafel. She has a falafel stand there. She didn't know who he was. She gave him a falafel. Three minutes later, he's running after her to murder her. Ari shot the terrorist literally inches away, and she's become kind of full, part of the Fold family since so Ari then. Ari killed him. He didn't kill him. Okay, but he made sure he didn't kill that lady. Right. No, he 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 brought him down. You know, he brought, he brought him, him down. down. Right. He's in jail, obviously. Oh but, my uh, God. You know, at the oh end of the, he, like you said, he became a national hero of the state of Israel, and um, you know, he left an incredible you know legacy of fighting for the state of Israel online, offline, twenty four seven. And you know, in a way, I kind of feel like I'm shadowing my brother. Of in this course, tour. you are. No, you. He is very proud of you. I am. I'm not even your brother. I am. So you're on right, the you're way, my out, brother. I am your brother. You're right. Kind of like when I played that song "Home" by Chris Torchy. I am home here. Uh, on the way out, then. You know, you said uh, he's not my enemy. He's some 16-year-old Palestinian no, kid. He's my enemy. No, but you're right. So, so when people all over the world go, hey, man, you've got to have some sympathy for these Palestinians. These kids, it's not their fault. And I go, wait a second. Yes, when they're born out of the womb, they don't hate. But it doesn't take very long. What are they, in the first grade, second grade, before they start teaching every Palestinian kid to hate the Jews, that to kill a Jew is the greatest thing you can do? So let me ask you this. Is there really any such thing as an, quote-unquote, innocent Palestinian? So I'm going to push back on your premise, okay? I think, you know, we see, we see how they're indoctrinated. We see their education. But I think the very question is problematic. Why are we talking about this? Did anybody talk about how many innocent Germans were killed in World War II? Or did they realize Germany had to be denazified, period? There are innocent people who died. Now, listen, we didn't want this war. It was brought upon us. Innocent people die in war. It's tragic, but it's the reality. Even having a discussion of how many innocent people, who cares? It's a war. Right. That's it. We dropped two atomic bombs. People died. There you go. End of story, nobody's right? Nobody's asking any questions. Nobody asked how about many, the Japanese. How many Afghanistan? How many innocent Afghans died after 9/11? Who cares? Right. It needed to be done. That's it. That's war, and it's sad, and it's tragic, and we didn't want war. We're people of peace, but the reality is, Jewish keeps going back to that. Yep. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to DigitalDollarReport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Where uh, where can people find you on online? Because you are great. Thank you. Uh, I mean, X Twitter is my biggest uh, platform by far. Uh, at Hillsfold, H I L Z, like zebra, F U L D. But anywhere, I mean, just Google my name. You know, my website, Hillsfold.com. Anywhere and everywhere. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for helping us with this trip. I know you did, and some of your connections and hotels. And thank you for for just being a, a great voice. Sid, let me say something great to you. Let me say something to you. There are heroes on the battlefield. There are maybe heroes on the internet. And there's people like you. And we, your voice, you don't even realize. You don't even realize how important your voice is. So please keep doing what you're doing because from my perspective, you're a hero. Wow. Okay, I'm going to cry and go home now. That meant a lot to me. Thank you very much. I mean it. Thank you. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.